Witches are reawakening to their power all over the world right now. The world is being reclaimed. We celebrate in gratitude. Welcome to Bossy Bruja Podcast with your host, Ayodele Fuega of BossyBruja.com. Ayo is here to encourage and inspire you to live your best, most enchanted life. On this podcast, we'll discuss magic, empowering ideas, powerful spiritual practices, and books to support you on your path. Thank you so much for tuning in. We're so grateful you're here. Here's Ayo. So, shout out to Theresa of Midnight by Verbena, who just gave me the perfect introduction to this podcast. And it is this while we are comparing ourselves to the next person, someone is comparing themselves to us. I'll but just pause right there and give y'all a moment to digest this goodness because you never like you never know who's looking at you and thinking this person has her shit together. She's such an inspiration. Want to be like that? That's whatever goals you know, hair goals, relationship goals, uh, character goals, happiness goals, <laughs> um, business goals. People are looking at you and they're thinking, damn, this bitch really, she got something. She got something that I don't have, and I want that too. So let, so thank you for that, Midnight by Rabina on Instagram. If anyone wants to check out her immaculate and beautiful spiritual products, candles and oils and baths and floor washes. She says all she has all of this amazing stuff. And I really, really love her candles, especially all hand poured, beautifully dressed with herbs and spices and powders. And her oils are gorgeous. I love working with them, especially her romance. Um, and I believe the Empress oil, we were um, going back and forth over names with that. Can't remember what she decided on, but uh, she'll know what I'm talking about. So if you're interested in this oil, basically to help you embody your goddess energy and to step fully into your goddesshood, um, she'll know what I'm talking about. So just ask her, what was Bossy talking about? <laughs> she'll tell you. Um, okay. So I'm going to start off um, with a question. Here's the question. Does your life feel as good as it looks? And when I say as it looks, I mean like online. Does your life feel as good as it looks online? We have to be careful with the social media age um, in the way that it impacts our personal psychology, our minds, our brains. I think that um, if we would focus on mastering where we are now, uh, as far as our relationships, like where we are in our friendships, where we are in our health, where we are in our businesses, where we are in our social media following, whatever it is, whatever part of our work we're in, whether we're in college or we're in a career, if we would focus on mastering where we are right now, I think it would be really helpful to us because new levels, new devils is a real thing. For me, there's always this push, like, let's get some more followers. Each follower is a potential customer, potential client, potential collaborator, potential business partner. But sis, need, sis needs to focus on where she is right now. Can you relate to that? Sis needs to do a better job 
with what she has right now. How many of you can relate to that? That there are ways that you could do better with what you have right now where you are. So getting back into the social media thing, it is affecting us on so many different levels, from our time management to us getting way too comfortable, I think, with the idea of being followers. Okay. How many of y'all had a mama who wasn't about that being a follower life? Because I know my mama wasn't about that being nobody's follower. We were leaders, not followers, right? Okay, and then the practice and habit, not practice, habit of comparing ourselves to other people, attacking people online, right? We don't really see too many repercussions from that. So it got the Karens of the world feeling real comfortable, okay? Um, Getting too uh, caught up and tied up in distractions, right? That goes back into time management. Copying people instead of creating the habit of copying, oh, this is working for this person, it'll work for me too. Well, not necessarily. And I promise you would have more fun if you were creating, if you were coming from a place of, of passion, if you were creating from your own heart instead of attempting to duplicate someone else's shit. Listening to people online instead of listening to spirit. This is another uh, bad habit that we are developing, I think, as a community Okay, um, online. And from spending so much of our time um, quite literally plugged into the virtual world, the virtual space. So listening to people online instead of listening to spirit, that's a big problem. We're going to have to fix that one. Another one is watching, watching your follower count when you should be watching your budget. Amen, somebody. <laughs> watching what you eat, head ass. Okay. Watching, watching how many people are following me, how many people like this post. And I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking from ex- inside of this experience. Watching your uh, follower count go up when you should be watching your bank balance go up. Those are the numbers that matter. Okay. So I have been having this eerie feeling for a while now that... <laughs> there there must be like a group of psychologists and scientists who just like study human behavior in around uh regarding social media habits and practices because it it, is, it just feels very clear and very very evident to me that our human psychology our um the way that we form habits, the way that habits are reinforced is being used against us, right? So it feels like there must be a team of psychologists who know how humans work, how our brains work, and that that's being used against us. I think that there is very real Pavlovian conditioning happening. I think that, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, you can go into... Sorry, you can go into certain um, websites and social media platforms and they actually have bells on them, right? Turn on these bells and getting to see numbers and, and getting to see, you know, racking up the followers and racking up the hearts and the likes. And I really think that there are, there is very evident, Just I just feel like it's not hidden very well at all. 
that our our own human um, behavioral uh, development or the, the way that we form uh, behaviors and patterns and habits is being used strictly against us here. And of course, it's all for a bottom line. It's so that we can keep people plugged into this app and so we can sell more ads and we can, you know, line some white guys' pockets. And, you know, you guys are just giving your attention and your dollars, right? That's, that's how I feel like they look at us. Now, another thing besides the Pavlovian dog condition <laughs> egg, uh, where, you know, really benign, a, a bell rings, no one really cares. But if a bell rings and I feed you, right? If you make a post and you get rewarded with likes, you feel validated, you feel important, you feel special, you feel listened to, significant, heard, important, right? And uh, I do want to take a moment here to mention for all of the business pages who listen to my ass, um, you know, a lot of our businesses are caught right in the middle of IG having a, a pissing contest with TikTok. Yeah. And because, you know, Facebook slash IG, which is the same company, uh, their goal is to keep your ass on this app as much as fucking possible. Okay. Because that is the goal, so that we need your eyeballs, we need your attention, we need you looking at the app so that when the ad goes by and you see the pretty girl wearing the pretty lipstick, you can go on and buy that and they can continue paying us for ads, right? We don't need you logging off of here to go uh, play on the ticks and the tocks. We need you to stay on the I's and the G's, which means now we have to compete with whatever is making TikTok a popular platform. So now we have reels. And because we want you to use the reels instead of the TikToks, we will reward you for using reels. So what you see is a lot of business pages who are able to adapt very quickly, which is a, a business skill to be sure, being able to adapt quickly, being able to reach your audience efficiently, being able to provide valuable um, products and services. This is a business skill, okay? Those who adapt quickly are able to grow just as quickly. But those of you who don't really, <laughs> who haven't gotten the hang of creating very fast content, because 15 to 30 second vertical videos, this is very, this is a new kind of, I mean, unless you've been on Snapchat and TikTok already, but TikTok gives you 30 to 60 seconds, right? After a few of those, you're probably going to log off, but it's very, very easy to watch 15 second after 15 second after 15 second video. Reel after reel after reel after reel. If the videos are shorter, you will consume faster, which means you will probably consume more, okay? So for me as an artist and as someone who actually cares about the psychology of people who follow me, <laughs> um, I've been working to, you know, produce reels that are, um, that can teach you something at least, <laughs> you know, a little bit of something, give you an idea, spark an idea, something very beautiful, um, something that inspires you to go work on your book of shadows. 
Um, because it, to me, it has to be, it can't be kitschy. I just, I can't stand it. it. It can't be silly and kitschy and please just like this and repost it so I can get some more followers. It also has to add value. So just a little side note to all of the businesses who listen to me to use reels, figure out a style, figure out an approach, figure out a way to, to make it work for you uh, so that you can continue pushing your work. This is by no means a discouragement from using social media. I absolutely love social media. It's been very good for me uh, as far as business and meeting beautiful people from all over the world. But that does not detract from the issue. The issue is this. Monkey see, monkey do. It is putting us in a culture, like a, a follower, spectator, lurker, clocking everyone you see, validation via likes, troll, vanishing mode, leaving people on read, time stamp, which goes back into clocking each other and thinking that shit is cute, normal, or acceptable. Okay? Culture. And this is just the word. The, for all the 80s babies, the 70s babies, what? You know what I mean? We come from a time where you buy your motherfucking business. You're going to mind your business. That's what you're going to do. Not texting someone because you saw them post online. Like, well, I saw you post online, so that means you're on your phone, so why aren't you responding to me? We, you know, the 70s and the 80s babies, we live in a world where I will call you back when it's convenient for me. Right? In fact, some of y'all, y'all might not have a, a voicemail set up. But um, I come from a time where, you know, answering machines were new. <laughs> and um, the answering machine, or as we call it now, voicemail, said very clearly, um, I'll get back to you at my earliest convenience, right? At my convenience, baby, not at yours, Right. So because we have these communication devices that we literally carry on our person 24 seven, some of us even go to bed with these damn things. OK, no matter how much, you know, fucking electromagnetic radiation shit or whatever it is coming from this this little device, we always have it making us always accessible to people, whether we want to be or not. It's very strange. This is for people who did not grow up with this. Like my childhood, I never had a cell phone as a kid. I didn't have a cell phone until I was 17. I got it the day I graduated from school. Why is this important? Well, in business, <laughs> especially online, people are commenting. And because there are comment boxes everywhere, people think they have a right to comment on certain things when in fact they do not. But because there are, you know, DMs and phone numbers and emails and all of these ways for us to supposedly stay in contact, people are abusing that. People are invading your space, invading your, your time. You know what I mean? You, maybe you're on social media because you want to laugh. Maybe you're on there trying to get you some, some condition oils from your favorite uh, witch shop. Okay, maybe you're not on there to do business. But there's really no, there's really no separation. You know, maybe you're just there to, to market for your business and you want to just uh, remind people that, hello, I exist. Hi. You know what I mean? You have multi, multi million and billion dollar businesses that still push advertisements. Why? Because it is not your customer's responsibility to re to remember that you exist. It's your responsibility to remind them. Hello, McDonald's commercial. 
okay? It's our responsibility to say, hey, I'm still here in case you want some chicken nuggets. Love you guys. Have a great day. Anything's possible. Okay. So, you know, on one hand, it's a really beautiful world. A lot of people are able to turn their uh, passions and their hobbies into some type of uh, revenue for themselves, which is really good because all it is is, you know, I really love doing this. So being able to do this and profit from doing this means that I continue being able to do more of this. I get to invest more energy time into doing this, practicing it, observing it, learning it, uh, delving deeply into it. I can sustain myself. I can feed myself, clothe myself, house myself, provide transfer, transportation for myself, uh, care for my my you know, my children, my dependents, whatever, um, and continue doing the thing that I love. So it's really, it's really a good thing. But the problem that I'm seeing is the follower, spectator, lurker, clocking, validations via like troll, vanishing mode, uh, red messages, leaving bitches on read, uh, uh, you know, on red timestamp, clocking, all that shit. Those are the issues, right? Now, <clears throat> humans, in my opinion, this is a joke we used to always hear in our psychology classes, is that, you know, people, obs- like, observe their navel, like, are just just completely obsessed with themselves and their every little tiny detail of themselves, which makes me believe that humans are naturally and generally more self-focused creatures, but because of the spectator culture, we've become more externally focused. And I wonder how much of our quality of life, our uh, time spent developing our own interests and preferences and getting to know ourselves is being lost because we spend the majority of our time staring at each other, right? I feel like naturally we're more family and community focused um, I remember a time when people had real, like, hobbies. Like, <laughs> some of you probably like, bitch, I still have hobbies. I do me some painting and sipping every Thursday night. You know, whatever it is. People used to have hobbies. It wasn't just, oh, you know, I'm going to make me a little TikTok. Everybody's doing it. Not to mention algorithms. Algorithms got people in their fucking emotions. The whole like following someone, unfollowing them if you need a break, which I take frequent, 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 frequent breaks from following people, that should be treated like goddamn act of war if you unfollow somebody. People really be bothered. They really be bothered if you don't follow them. They think it's a whole thing. They really think you're thinking about them. Ain't nobody think about you. Bitch just don't want to get on here and see all your see all this stuff. For me as an artist, sometimes I have to take a break from following people because I'm trying to maintain the integrity of my creative process. Okay? But all that to say, I think that it's a really good idea if we um, try and figure out a way to regain control of ourselves and recognize that what we're seeing online is carefully curated visuals, it's set design, it's crop filtered, airbrushed fantasies, and it's designed to manage your perception of someone. It, it, it deposits illusions, 
directly into your overstimulated, oxygen, water, and sleep-deprived brain. Okay, that was really, that was a lot. But that's what it is. What we're seeing is not someone's real life. <laughs> what we're seeing is, we're not seeing the whole of that person. We don't know this person because we follow them online. You know? And when you see someone online to a great extent, um, these systems, uh, which, you know, they're designed by humans who really don't give a shit about your mental health, they're deciding who and what you see. And you see them wearing a brand or living in a city, looking like they're having a really good time selling a product, a, a new product or a service. And you think, oh, it looks like you're having a lot of fun. I want to do that. I want to join I want to follow, right? So I think one of the best things we can do is figure out what it is we actually admire in someone. Because, like, is it what they're wearing or is it the way they look, how confident they look in what they're wearing? Is it the way the fabric looks against their skin? Is it the specific business she owns or is it her impeccable packaging? Is it her incredible attention to detail? Is it the fact that she's living her purpose and you can fucking tell and she's getting money from doing it, right? I see a lot of people interested in voodoo. Is it because you're seeing some voodoo is on? Is it because you're, you're seeing someone who is practicing this religion and you see how absolutely devoted they are to their spiritual path. You see that they have some level of certainty, that they're really enjoying it. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? Is it, is it the specific religion? Because I've seen some Muslim girls who, who have made me want to go put on hijab, okay? They look so peaceful. They look so happy. Is it Islam or is it her, her demeanor? Is it how peaceful she looks? Is it that she's, she's radiating a silent joy? Or is it her religion? Because, you know, if you're a peaceful person, a devoted person, you're devoted to your spiritual path, it doesn't matter what the path is. Okay, this is where we're getting into the witchcraft piece because your spirituality is utterly personal. And I think that it always must be, right? One of the things I was thinking about today, I started watching um, Murder Among the Mormons, had a really bad experience with a Mormon when I was a kid was riding the bus and this Mormon, I, you know, they go around trying to convert people riding on their bicycles with their fucking white shirts and black ties and black pants and black shoes and book bags looking fucking crazy. And um, they, um, one of the guys asked me for my number, wanted to talk to me about Mormon. Now, I've always, or whatever the fuck, L LDS church. And, um, you know, I've always been interested in spirituality. Just however I can connect to God. I learned that there was a God, right? Like when I was eight years old, like, oh, there's a God. There's a God. He's a big guy. He's a big guy. You ask him for what you want. You can talk to him. You can't talk to your parents. And, you know, there's, there's some invisible force. I learned about that when I was eight years old. I remember walking into the sanctuary for the first time. I'd heard about God, and I thought the preacher was God. <laughs> you know, you're walking in, and I said, Mom, is that God? You know, he was dressed all in white, Pastor Smith. He was dressed all in white. He had a, a, a beard and a bald head, and I was like, is that God? <laughs> you know? Like, my mom, I remember her laughing and saying, no, that's not God. That's the, that's the pastor, baby. You know? And... Uh, good times, you know, 
learning about spirituality and about prayer and the ritual of, of, of worship and praise and being in choir practice and being surrounded by beautiful people who, who apparently loved God. <laughs> Although, you know, now looking back, <laughs> it was mostly competition who can pretend to love God the most sort of thing. But I've always been interested. So the Mormon says, you know, let me get your number. And I'm like, okay, have it. Talk about it. We'll talk about the religion, whatever. That night I got a phone, a mysterious phone call from a random number I'd never seen before. We had caller ID back then. <laughs> that was also new. <laughs> and um, the voice called me a nigger. And um, needless to say, Mormon boy on the bus with a white boy, and we was in North Carolina, okay? And coming from New York, where I was, I grew up around black girls, um, black people, and Puerto Ricans. It was just us and that motherfucker. Uh, coming down to racist-ass South was just culture shock. It was, I, I'd never experienced these sorts of things. Next day on the bus, saw him again, and he was, av like, avoiding me. Like, I know who the fuck is, who has my number, motherfucker. Like, ain't nobody randomly calling my house calling me a nigger. So uh, I don't like Mormons <laughs> because if that's who y'all have representing y'all, fuck all y'all. How about that? So I'm watching this fucking Mormon documentary, and, you know, this guy, Joseph Smith, claims to have been led to these gold tablets by an angel named Maroney. <laughs> and uh, the angel, you know, tells him to go and translate the the gold tab tablets. And I'm just like, how are you going to translate something that you don't... If, do you speak the language <laughs> on the gold tablets? How are you going to interpret it if you don't speak it? But, you know, I'd be minding my business because, you know, people just want to believe something. And I, I'm in full support of that. I'm in full support of you believing whichever story suits your goddamn fancy and sounds the best to you. I just so happen to be curious about these different stories and to prefer the one in which I get to be in control of my goddamn self. Because here's the thing. Right? Religions are started by people who, and they're always started this way, by people who have some kind of a divine revelation. Right? They talk, they don't talk to an angel. They went out into the wilderness. They're out in some place where, you know, talking to an angel and ain't nobody else see the angel but them. And they got a message, child. They got a message for you. And you get to follow and listen and live your life according to the message that this angel that nobody else has ever seen or heard from or talked to. Therefore, they can neither confirm nor deny the existence of said angel. They got a message for you. And you get to come to their church. And you get to pay tithes. And you get to make sure they got a nice, fancy house to live in and a nice fancy car to drive so they can keep preaching the word to you. Wonderful, isn't it? Here's my problem with religion. I actually don't care that preachers um, are, 
like preachers get paid to do if if they're passionate about the work. Now, if they're just a complete fucking con, I got a problem with you conning people. But if this is really your passion, if you just got to read holy books and talk about your deity and mystics and saviors and old parables all day, you just can't do nothing else with yourself, it's your passion, I think you should absolutely be sustained by that work. If you like to knit, I think you should absolutely be sustained by that work. Whatever your passion is, I hope you find... Um, a way to sustain yourself with that passion because life, I'm going to get into this late, later about how I think life should be an adventure and fucking life just is boring. Like, you, you know, life can become real boring if we're not careful. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. But let's get back to this um, the reason I have a problem with religion is because religion, by and large, wants to convince people that connection to God, hearing God, meeting God, God's representatives in the wilderness by yourself when nobody else can see and getting a divine revelation and hearing a prophecy and knowing what's going to happen is exclusive. That you have to be chosen that everybody doesn't get to hear the voice of the divine from a burning bush that isn't consumed by flame. Witchcraft says, bitch, <laughs> it's on you. I, I posted this thing from Jasmine the other day that this spiritual shit boils down to one thing, it's on you. No, you cheat. Witchcraft says, yes, the hell you can. You can go to the mysteries. You can go to the powers. You can go to the forces of nature. You can go to the deity. You can go to the god and the goddess and uh, the, the spirits. You can go yourself. You can have a direct experience. That's why witchcraft is the best. And that's why the world of religion, the real sterile neat, orderly, world-dominating, white boy, religious world has a problem with witchcraft because witchcraft is wild and natural and self-possessed and, and free and uh, self-governing and queer and female and neutral and open, free-flowing, and ain't nowhere to collect tithes. <laughs> That's the motherfucking problem they have with witchcraft, boo. You too damn powerful, you too damn free. You think for yourself, you go straight to the source. And when something sounds like dog shit to you, you don't listen. I can't scare you into paying tithes. I can't scare you into coming up in here every Sunday so I can preach a good word to you, make you come up off all that money. I can't convince you. So apparently there's some uh, salamander letter uh, that has been suppressed by 
you know, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Latter Day Saints, whatever the fuck they call themselves, um, the LDS Church that they've suppressed, that basically said it wasn't even Joseph Smith who who got the revelation. It was actually his brother, and it was brought to him by a goddamn salamander, a white salamander. And instead of being like a holy, angelic experience, it was more magical. It came to him from a damn reptile. Now, where have we seen a reptile coming and speaking to a human before? I forget. Where do we see a lizard-like creature coming to a human and dropping knowledge on them? Where was that again? Oh, yeah, Garden of Eden, circa beginning of the world. (laughs) It wasn't a snake. It was some type of a lizard because the punishment of that, um, of the serpent was that it would have to crawl on its belly in the dust, which means it was not previously on its belly in the dust. It had legs. So name a creature that looks like a snake but has legs i'll wait okay so now we're starting to sound like uh lucifer <laughs> in the form because that's the understanding i always motherfucking had y'all could think i'm crazy if you want to but my understanding was that it was the devil who came and tempted eve but then you read and it's like well he wasn't cast down yet, was he? He wasn't cast down yet. So why why are we saying that the serpent was actually Lucifer and this, the serpent was cursed to crawl on his belly in the dust? So it was some type of a lizard. Was or was not Lucifer? Lucifer, I don't know. All I'm saying is the white salamander sounds like motherfucking Eve in the Garden of Eden talking to fucking lizard is what it sounds like and that's your mormon church did the devil give uh joseph smith's brother the church of mormon is that what happened is that why you guys want to suppress it Hmm. is that it i got your nigger i got your n-word bitch okay y'all see people from my past are so lucky that i was not the io then that i am now Okay, they lucky because I would have embarrassed this fool on the bus. But that's the thing, right? This is why it's easy for me to not follow people. I feel like this conversation has is a little bit meandering. I feel like we're having four different conversations at one time. On one hand, we're talking about social media. On the other hand, we're talking about um, social media and the effects that it has on you. On one hand, we're talking about why you should absolutely be free in your spirituality. On the another hand, we're talking about how your life feels to you versus how it looks. And the fourth thing is this. Life should be an adventure. I think that if we spend our whole lives sitting around on our cell phones, doing absolutely goddamn nothing, working or going to some job we hate, no no hobbies, no personal practice, every bit of our 
our witchcraft, something we borrowed from some other person, which is this is as good as time as any to tell you to stop doing other people's spells. Well, do your own spells. Even if you get a base spell from somebody else, you need to change it up and make it your own. Okay? You casting somebody else's spell is weird. Like, that is not, that's, who do, who does that? If it didn't come from your bloodline, why are you casting If I get a spell from somebody like Sophia de Gregorio, who I absolutely adore and love, I'm adding my own mix to it. And I've been like that since the very beginning of my spirituality. Okay. Now, getting back into how life should be a goddamn adventure. You know, when we watch these movies and these TV shows, there's always some major goal, right? Like they... Someone's been killed. They got to hide the body. You know, there's there's a, a crystal that they need, and it's in a far-off land, and if they don't get it, the whole world is going to be wiped out. They have to go to this place, and there are all this. the odyssey, right? The odysseys that you see in these shows, in these movies, these plays, these people are passionate about something. They care about something. And that's why even though it's fiction, it's fake, somebody came up with this in their imagination it's a piece of art we enjoy it so deeply because here's a group of people who actually care about something they were brought together by circumstances and now they're working together as a team to get that crystal skull that's in a cave somewhere in the deep jungles of peru right and that's awesome meanwhile we're on year three of a job we hate having chest pains stress eating fucking I don't know, multi-grain toast with peanut butter and fucking banana slices on it. I don't know. Okay? So wake the fuck up. Loosen up. Log off of fucking social media unless you're on there making something, creating something, or you're giving yourself a very intentional 15, 20 minutes to be on there and fuck off some time. If you are not on social media uh, working on your business, if you're on there counting your motherfucking followers when you should be counting your bank balance think log off go read a book go create something make make some art invest in some new um and if you're a photographer some some new camera equipment or something get a a a side hustle design a business uh plan help somebody else go volunteer somewhere get out and do something real with yourself okay and now let's tie it up with a nice neat bow i want to bring it back to um, this comparison thing we do when we're watching and clocking and lurking on other people on the internet, not understanding that everyone has their own struggles and that people are going through whatever the fuck they're going through and you don't know anything about it. Um, When you're looking at someone, especially someone who looks really, really uh, passionate and uh, certain and at peace within their spirituality and their spiritual practice, um, Understand that it's not necessarily the specifics of the practice. It's not that she's a pagan. It's not that she's a, or sorry, I meant to say heathen. It's not that she's a heathen. I have a friend who's a heathen. This bitch be out here hunting for her food, living her old ways as life. You know, it's not that, um, it's not the specifics, right? Like she has a baby. She is married. She lives in a specific town, she's a druid, she's whatever. It's that she's happy doing her thing. She's happy in her life. 
she's satisfied and fulfilled, or at least she appears to be from those of us who are watching her on social media. I'm saying to you that the goal is to make sure your life feels at least as good as it looks, if not better, and do a lot less following people and what they do, what they say, what they think, and think for yourself. How do I feel about this? What does this mean to me? Why is this important to me? What do what do I think witchcraft is? What, what uh, aspects of my religious upbringing am I going to carry forth with me into my spiritual practice? How does it feel to me? What are my personal standards? You can't live somebody else's life, not even vicariously. That's all I have to say. I hope that that was clear. That was a lot of, that was a lot of topics. I may have to break this up in the future. But thank you so much for listening. I hope to talk to you again soon. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on the Bossy Bruja podcast. We're inspired by you and hope you are inspired along with us. To learn more about Ayadeli and to find more ways to live your best, most enchanted life, go to bossybruja.com, bossybruja.com, where you can read the blog, find prayers, invocations, and our witchcraft shop, where we have a carefully selected curation from books to abalone shells, crystals to smudges, and many delights in between. We are with you in this reawakening and are so glad you're here. Stay bossy, Bruja.